0: Together, we're having candid conversations that help you understand the challenges that a product manager faces, how they overcome them, and the tools and frameworks that will help you thrive in the role. So let's start the show. Welcome, everybody. My name is Jeff Shulman, and I'm the founding director of the Product Management Center here at the University of Washington, where I am a marketing professor in the business school. And we started the Product Management Center to develop a more diverse, inclusive, and skilled product management community. And part of that effort is every single week we're here. Well, we were on Clubhouse. Now we are here on LinkedIn. They've got a new feature, LinkedIn Audio. And so we're here every single week bringing the audience some of the best product managers in the business and making them accessible to everybody. So if you join us on LinkedIn on Tuesdays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific time, you're able to get your questions answered or have your voice be heard on this podcast. Everybody else, you get to listen to it. Hundreds or thousands of you out there can listen to it on every major podcasting app. This is just one of the things we're doing. We also have our flagship enterprise, so to speak, is the Inclusive Product Management Accelerator where we're empowering professionals from historically marginalized communities to land their first product management role. And this is an important effort because if we're going to try to have products be more inclusive and serve a broader number of people, they need to be made and prioritized by a broader number of people. And so last bit of my airtime is I just have to say, we are hungry for volunteers. We need people to do mock interviews. We need people to come to our cohort workshops and give them advice on their case studies and real world activities that they're doing. So if you want to volunteer, Google, the Inclusive Product Management Accelerator. And please, 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 if you are a product manager here in the US and can help them, in their path to employment, please join us in making a more diverse, inclusive, and skilled community. All right, so that was a long-winded way. You're wondering, what are we going to talk about today? Well, it's right up there. We're going to talk about landing a product manager role in the current economy. It's relevant to all the fellows in the Inclusive Product Management Accelerator and relevant to, sadly, more and more people. And so we got some great product managers who are going to share their perspective about what it's like now, how it changes with the seniority, and what it takes to get a product manager role. We're joined by a lot of people I'm going to go top to bottom here. Real quick, each of you tell me a little bit about your journey in product. So we'll start with you, Vipin.
1: Great. Thanks, Jeff. My name is Vipin Singh. I actually had a startup that was a little bit of a success. But after that success, I had two that failed. And what I realized was that I had a gap in developing products and launching products. So I went to go work at Microsoft as a product manager to really learn to see how large-scale, successful companies had done that. My journey took me to other companies and with e-commerce and app work. So that's really how I got started.
0: All right. Thanks for sharing. And then Parul, you're on the founding advisory board for the Product Management Center, helped us build this from the ground up. Tell us a little bit about your journey in product.
2: Thanks, Jeff. Always a pleasure to be on your podcast. I started out as an engineer right after my master's and I spent a few years at Microsoft being an engineer before finding my interests, skills and passions gravitated towards the consumer and the product side and understanding why we are solving what we are solving. I quit Microsoft as an engineer and went and joined a small firm as a business analyst, which evolved into a kind of like a GPM program lead role. But I worked very closely with Microsoft, who was again my client as I worked in this smaller company and worked very closely with the director of product there and really understand the nuances and realized that's what I really want to do. So while my tech career started about 18, 19 years ago, I Formally switched into product about 13, 14 years ago, roughly, and have not regretted or looked back. I worked in larger companies initially, like Microsoft, consulting for T-Mobile, Nordstrom, and then spending many years at eBay doing shipping product before being bitten by the startup bug and going and joining up, which is a local C2C marketplace app, if you're familiar, leading their core marketplace products team. And then going to Compass, which is quite different. It's real estate tech for real estate agents. And then most recently, from as fresh as five weeks ago, starting at SeatGeek, which is a ticketing for live sports and entertainment company as a senior director of product. So it's been a fun ride.
0: Awesome. And I think, Vipin, I know your company, and you're speaking only for your own opinions, but your company is also in tickets, right? Fivo, don't they do tickets?
1: Yeah, we are. We're a social commerce. I think SeatGeek, which I love their app, by the way. I'm a customer. SeatGeek does aftermarket marketplace. And what we do is we actually help the actual vendors, say the Yankees or the Mariners, sell those tickets through social commerce. So we're the leader in social commerce. We increase conversions using our social cart. We do all sorts of live events. We're pretty fast growing in that space. So, yeah, social commerce, but primary ticket sales. Yeah.
0: Awesome. So we've got primary ticket sales, secondary mark ticket sales. I'm going to go to Gitika first, and then if you're able to figure that out, or if I'm able to figure it out, we'll come back to you. But Gitika is a a great partner of ours, doing a lot of great things with the local Seattle Women in Product chapter. Thanks for joining us. Tell us a little bit about your journey in product.
3: Hey, thanks, Jeff. I'm Gitika Kapoor. I'm a product manager, and I actually started and on the product route in college when I I was doing a computer science major and I had applied for software development internship at Microsoft and it didn't work out that they thought I'd be a great candidate for another internship that they had, which was the Explorer internship. Some of you may have heard of it. It's basically 50% or 40% product management and the rest like software development. So you kind of start off with making You know, requirements and et cetera for a project, and you actually end up coding that and delivering that uh, yourself. So you're kind of like the one person show. And that kind of changed my perspective. I thought that there is something else out there that I can do with my computer science degree. And I came back to Microsoft as a product manager intern right after that. And then I subsequently joined full time. So I started out at Microsoft in the their infrastructure team on Office 365. And then I realized that I wanted to be closer to the customer. And I joined this experimental team called Teams in, right before the pandemic hit. And it was just a rocket ship and it was just a fun, very fun ride. And I recently joined, I recently left Microsoft and joined Chewy. So some of you who have pets may be aware of that. And I am currently in their healthcare team.
0: All right. Thank you for all that you do for Women in Product. And thank you for joining us today. Vikas, real quick, tell us about your journey in product.
4: Hey, Jeff. First of all, thank you so much for inviting me to this podcast. Uh, This is really great. I hadn't known about this or I would have tried to join it sooner. But thanks again for inviting me. By way of introduction, hi, everyone. I am Vikas. I've been in technology for the last 20 years in a variety of roles from engineering to strategy to marketing to product management and going across a variety of companies started my career at microsoft as an engineer worked in corporate strategy worked in marketing went on to do my own startup then went on to ebay and uh, most recently i was head of platform product for a variety of teams in a company called qualtrics i was there for the last four years a fantastic experience Very recently, I've made a switch and I'm headed back to the startup world where I'll be heading product for a healthcare startup. So yeah, that's my career journey. We'll be happy to answer questions and help in any way I can.
0: All right. Okay. So we're talking about landing a product manager role in the current economy. I want to set as we have the legendary Samaya Banganam, who's been on this podcast, is our product executive in residence. And real quick, I know we could talk a whole hour about this, but I just want, Samaya, if you could real quick level set in general, what it takes to land a product manager role. And then we're going to hear from each of our guests about how do they feel that's changing what's similar and what's different in this current economy.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. And I'm so excited to hear that we have people here on stage who also have gone through personal changes recently. So, a lot of this advice is going to be really relevant and based on recent experience. You know, with all the changes going on in the market, and not only are new graduates or people looking for a career switch, you know, having to think about this, but I think realistically, a lot of us are working in companies where a lot of changes are happening. Things are up, things are down, certain business units are doing great, others are not. And so there is always an opportunity for conversations around change and around getting a new role where there are better things. So excited to hear about that. I think in general, when we talk about giving advice or getting a job in product management, we talk about three things. One, we talk about showcasing experience and talking about any experience you have through the lens of product management, whether you come from... Um, you know, a consulting background, let's say, for example, or from a marketing background. How can you take some of the, what you've done in those jobs? and reframe them in a way in your resume that makes them relevant to product management. So definitely showcasing your skills regardless of what job you're coming from. So that's a, a common piece of advice that a lot of us probably have given and have taken at one point in our career. The second one is focus on outcomes. So your experience is something you can talk about a lot and you can talk about the journey, but also talk about the results. What were you able to build out? What did your product achieve for the bottom line? What are some of the metrics that you can speak to? So that's, I think, something we all hear about. And then the last one, and I think this piece of advice is relevant for many jobs, not just product management, that's leverage your network. So your network has a lot of people in it, probably who, even if they're not in the product management world, they might know people who are, or they might act as introductions for you into companies you want to be part of, or they can just be a point of reference and research for you to learn more about the target company or the target product you want to work on. So do your research, act fast, and be a little aggressive about that so you can get a lug up. Those are just three that I think I've heard throughout my career myself. I've given them at one point or another. So I hope that covers it, Jeff.
0: Thank you, Sumeya. So now I want to go to Gitaga, who proposed this topic. Tell me a little bit, what are you seeing out there that you want the listener to know?
3: Hey, thanks. Yeah, I think when I was proposing this topic to you, Jeff, I was actually job hunting myself, and I thought this would be such a great topic. I wish someone would could talk to me about this when I was searching. And I think one thing that I have seen is that there's definitely a lot less jobs than you know there were before. You know, the whole situation with the economy started and but there are still jobs. So I think it is really important to remember that while there aren't that many jobs, there are still jobs. So literally what I think of it as that it is a numbers game. So, you know, are you applying to enough jobs? Are you applying? Are you getting enough interviews? Are you doing enough interview processes? Are you getting to different rounds? And then are you getting like on sites and getting those offers? And that's because... There's so many factors that affect your candidacy that it really is almost never a reflection I've found of your own skill, not to say that you can't improve, but there's just so many factors. You know, the team could have lost headcount. There could be another candidate that's way ahead of you in the process. You could have just been late to apply. There could be really other other really good candidates out there as well, internal candidates. There's just so many other factors that can influence it, that it's very hard for you to say that, hey, I applied to five companies, it didn't work out, that must mean I'm doing something wrong and now I'm just going to stop my search, right? So that is what my biggest advice would be to people who are searching, especially in this time, that you still want to apply to companies that, you know, motivate you that you would feel excited about, but you still want to try to find different versions of that try to figure out what are the top five things that you are looking for in your next role and find a few companies and more than a few even that meet that criteria and who knows maybe you'll end up in a company that you didn't initially think that you would be excited by and then once you get into the process talk to the team you realize hey this is actually so good maybe it doesn't satisfy all five of my factors but this one factor that I really care about, it's like doing phenomenal in that.
0: So, Thank you. And then Parul, my understanding is, although there might be fewer jobs, that there's still quite a bit of options out there. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're seeing?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I love all the points Gitka made. There is opportunities out there. I think the challenge with current economy is that there's a lot of demand for that same supply. And that's what makes it a little trickier. Similar to Gitka's point about this is not a reflection of how you do. It's a reflection of so many other factors. I have literally interviewed for roles where I knew the other people interviewing for the same roles for two of my jobs, because that's how small the world is. And I was exchanging notes on, so how did your interview with X and Y go in this company? Because here's what they asked me, here's what they asked you. And it's pretty ridiculous if you think about it, because it's not like I know everybody. But if I know people who have interviewed for two of the roles, I I know that they may be actually more senior in experience. It definitely makes me feel like, ooh, do I even stand a chance? And to me, to that, I say, you all absolutely stand a chance. Each one brings different skills and strengths to the table. What a company is looking for changes drastically from one company to another for the same product role. One may need a very technical product manager who can work with the API teams or the data science team. And that's what they value. And one may need more of a jack-of-all person who has been in product for a while, has seen many different tides of leading product and shipping product, and that's what they value. So each one is different. Spread your web wide, depending on where you are in your interview process. If it is more of, I know what I want now, x and i need that to make a switch from my current role that's a very different interview and search process because then you're looking for something that fits your strengths as well as a fit company fit but if you're looking for a role where you're i'm looking for a new role just takes me to the next level i want to be a director and i'm going to spread the web wide then use all channels available to you number one Tell everyone what you're looking for. In today's economy, people have even more of an empathy, desire to help out everyone in finding that next role because everybody's very aware of what the economic climate and layoff market looks like. So tell everyone, reach out to people in your network who you think might be connected. Reach out to your previous bosses, reach out to your university professors in terms of just telling them. I have to say the role that I landed was because my ex-boss at my last company connected me to my current boss, not because there was a role. That's the other one. There are many hidden roles out there that are not even listed. And you end up finding those thanks to connections if you've been in the market for a little while and if you've worked for a little while. Because I ended up talking to him and learning about his this company and what they do and sharing what my interests are. And the reason why this introduction was made was because I said, I'm interested in marketplaces and this kind of a product, which made it very easy for someone to say, oh, I know someone who works in something like that. It wasn't a generic, hey, introduce me to people. I'm looking for a role. It was a very specific, here's what I'm looking for. And that led to you know, my current manager coming back and saying, hey, you know what? I actually have a problem that we need solved in the company. Would you be interested? And me going, sounds good. And here we go, having a full loop and having a role and landing this job that never existed. So there's opportunity created out of, out of that. And so my point is, don't just look at the current ecosystem of what's available, spread your web wide and network your way into finding opportunity that may not exist.
0: All right. So what I'm hearing is so far, so a couple of tips I want to draw attention to that they've said, be specific and be persistent. So those seem to be two takeaways in the current economy. Vikas, do you have any other takeaways that somebody looking for a product manager role in the current economy, based off of your experience that you would suggest others do?
4: Yeah, let me add a couple of things. Maybe picking off one of the two points. First, picking up from what Samea was saying, she mentioned about focusing on where what your skill sets are, and it might be relevant to several people in the audience. As I imagine, some people might be looking to switch into a PM role from some other functional roles as well. So here's the thing about product management. Ideally, product managers require a variety of skill sets all the way from initial research to strategy to product design to taking a product to market operations which you know you can think of several different people uh, focusing on any one of these specializations as well and so for people who might be looking to change into product management roles think about whatever they have been doing how that would apply to a end to end product management role and focus on that highlight how this uh, how your skill sets would would help in a product management role so that that's one thing which i think is really important and because product manager as i said requires a variety of skill sets and different product managers shine in different aspects you kind of need to be decent at almost all of it but shine in a few areas not no one shines in all of these areas so focus on where you would shine so that's one thing i would say and this is probably uh, relevant in general when you're looking for product management roles not necessarily just to the current economy when coming back to the current economy i would probably repeat what some other speakers have said before i'll focus a lot on relationships that again is in general true when you whenever you're looking for product management roles i would probably focus on don't just think about when, specifically when you need a job, when you need a PM job, start building relationships then. This is something which you should be doing forever because, you know, tech is a small world. People you work with right now, you, they will gravitate to certain opportunities, which likely you are in the similar set of people. You will gravitate to the same type of opportunities later. So building and cultivating your relationships will ultimately help in uh, getting your jobs, whether it's you know getting more jobs, but even it's helpful overall to become successful as a product manager. It opens up new learning opportunities for you. When you're in a product management position, it helps you in partnership opportunities, finding mentors. And if you're going into product management leadership roles, then one of the things that would be expected of you is the ability to hire. And there again, Your relationships matter a lot. So I would say that in general, focus a lot on cultivating your relationships with your peers, other people in your team that will end up being particularly useful
1: in getting a PM job.
0: Thank you, Vikas. And now, Vipin, do you have anything to add about finding a role in a PM role in the current economy?
1: Yeah, definitely. And as you know, Jeff, I started my role a few weeks ago. So I was in this, in the market myself for a few months. and so. There's a lot that I could add, but to kind of make my point clear, three themes that I think are critical if you're going to land a job. One is preparation. I recently interviewed for a leadership position at Google and I did 93 mock interviews. 43 of them were paid. That's a lot of preparation, you might say. It paid off to a certain degree, not just in that particular opportunity, but I shifted my goals and aspirations. And I ended up landing a dream job because of the things that I learned in those mock interviews. So preparation is number one. If you don't go play with their tool, if you haven't logged in and gotten a free demo, if you haven't downloaded their software or played with their shopping experience, actually bought a product for commerce if you're interviewing with me and you haven't done that, I'm not going to hire you. Shows that you don't prepare well. Number two, be concise in your communication. If you're not concise You're probably going to ramble on, which means look good in our teams. And sadly, we had a really strong candidate that we all liked a lot. And for my interview last week, she just rambled on and on about stuff. I lost my train of thought. I felt like she wasn't a good enough leader. We had to turn her down today or yesterday. So that's kind of a sad thing. But it happens. And we have so many candidates to look at right now that it's one of those things that we're be very picky. And third, know your value prop. I know three things I'm very good at. I hammer those three things in every interview chance that I get. I bring real-life examples of how how I do those three things and how critical they are to product management. So know your value prop. I think it's critical that you are confident. If you prepare, if you've done your homework, you're going to be concise, you're going to be confident, and then your chances of getting a job are really high. And of course, I value all the other things others have said as well. It's just those three things I think are critical.
0: All right. I'm loving this conversation. Great tips from all of you. Vipin, I'm sorry to put you on the spot here, but I'm just really curious because I think for a lot of people, self promotion and kind of clearly articulating a value proposition for themselves is a lot harder than a value proposition for their product that they give the 110% of themselves to. Would anybody on this panel, maybe Vipin or maybe somebody else, be willing to share what your value prop, how you hit that home, communicating what unique value you bring to an organization?
1: Yeah, I'll start just because that's so top of mind for me and it took me a while. And actually, one of the executives at Google who I prepared with helped me refine these. And he actually recommended that I hammer these home in every interview. And so that's where I got it from. Number one for me is entrepreneurship. I had a startup at a young age, successful. Others failed. But the entrepreneur mindset is why Microsoft hired me. It's why other companies like the way I work. It's rolling up your sleeve. It's making it happen. Entrepreneur mindset. Number two, getting things done. Took me years to learn how to ship software. You have to get the product to the finish line. Lots of product managers fail and struggle by not limiting the scope. You got to launch, you got to learn, and you got to test and you got to redo it over again. So iterate, but you got to launch the software first. So getting stuff done is my number two. Number three, stakeholder management. That's my superpower. I'm the master of stakeholder management because I care. I show others I care. I listen to them. I learn from each individual stakeholder what is important to them, and I make sure that I do my homework ahead of time with them to make sure that I cover in every presentation that what their thoughts, ideas are. So really, stakeholder management. As you can see, all three of those really make you stand out within product management and the skills that are needed. So that's really why I hammer these three home.
0: All right. Thank you so much. If anybody else wants to share an example, would love to hear it. Otherwise, Just come off mute and interrupt me. I just don't want to put people on the spot. Otherwise, we have a question, and it's about time for questions. So as we let this person come up on stage, feel free to come off mute and chime in on anything that people have said so far. For those that come on stage, be mindful that we have five product leaders who have generously allocated an hour of their time to bring knowledge to all of you. We welcome you to share something, but just be succinct. And if you have a question, that's what we absolutely love. So let's get a couple people on stage, and anybody else can come off mute as they'd like.
3: One thing I'd like to add, uh, you know, apart from having the three things like Griffin said about that make you a great candidate for any job, is also having a personal mission. I think that has helped connect the different experiences that I've had in my life to what I want to do in my next role in product and why I even want to do product, right? So for example, for me, my personal mission is to help people connect with each other, to help them collaborate with each other right so that you can translate into so many different kinds of ways you can interpret it and when you uh, tell your life story to your interviewer you let them know that hey i did this because you know i i worked for women in product because i helped empower women i worked for a uh, communication software because it could help connect people right all of it just adds up in some way so just try to really think about what is that mission in product specifically that drives
0: you all right thank you now it's time for our first guest a fellow in the inclusive product management accelerator toby is somebody who's carefully selected we had over a thousand applications and selected those that were convinced to product managers that they are ready to be product managers and demonstrated a commitment to inclusion toby it's great to have you here what is your question or comment
6: Hey Jeff, thanks for having me. Really love the podcast and appreciate you uh, creating a program like IPMA for me and other individuals. My question is for Vipin. Earlier you were speaking about communication and how to be concise. That's something that I actually have been trying to work on previously or recently and just kind of wanted to know if you had any advice on how I can be a better communicator and sound more concise and more, just have more impact and less words. Good example there that was a well thought out question. I typed that in so, my notes before I yeah, came up here exactly,
1: so I think that's the way to do it right To be very clear what you want, always focus on what you want, and then if you have a point to make, look at three bullet points. people can't remember more than three bullet points. That goes for your presentations and all of those particular topics that we cover in each one of those areas, but stick to three and practice it's a skill that's going to move you fast once you get into your role as well. So you know all almost all leaders are very concise. They don't say much. They listen a lot more. And they use their words very carefully.
0: Anybody else have something to add to that? Or Toby, did you have a follow-up question?
6: Not a follow-up. I guess a follow-up question is uh, do you, any of you guys, not just have any books or any sort of special trainings that you guys would recommend? Practice is definitely key, but I feel like I would need some sort of something to go off of, something to lead or guide me.
2: So I'll jump in and say, I don't have a great book recommendation, but like many other people, I face the same problem of how do I be more concise? And one of the things that I've started doing is listening to more and more podcasts and listening how other leaders often answer questions and how they structure the responses, because it makes me mind. I almost, before they answer, think about how would I answer this? And then listen to their approach and answers may be different, but the approach of how you can be, as we've been mentioned, like what are the three bullet points? What are the image takeaways? Are they summarizing that? Like you start to notice trends in how people do well and internalize that a bit. And I always think of it as, especially if you're doing behavioral interviews and telling stories, think of it as a quick movie trailer. Your goal is to get them excited, give them the key points and make them wanting to learn more. It's not to give a more detail of a movie there's going to be a lot of stuff you know that you didn't share in this movie trailer but you're telling it because you were literally saying it from a standpoint of what do I want this guy to feel or lady to feel when I'm telling this and those are pretty pretty crisp high level like here's what I was trying to achieve here are the three problems I faced here's how I addressed them and this was our result and then let them get into the weeds of finding out like okay how did you go about that and just start with those snapshots Easier said than done, but yeah, <laughs> my learnings.
0: Well, thank you. All right. Thank you both.
4: Yeah, Toby, if your question was specifically about other tools or books, etc., which you can use for practicing for PM interviews, there's this one book called "The Cracking the PM Interview, which you might have heard about or seems to be a pretty popular book amongst uh, PMs, especially in early stage of their careers? That's a pretty decent book to look through some examples and the typical pm interview process so i would say recommend that one another is there are some youtube channels which i can't remember off the top of my head right now which do a pretty good job of pm case interviews where the ones i've seen are is a product manager at google who is given a particular case and they do a mock interview in youtube I thought those are useful if, when I get a chance, if there is a way to post something on LinkedIn within this event, I'll do that later. But otherwise you can look for that on YouTube.
1: Awesome, thank you. Um, just one more, one more thing on that. At every level, you're wanting to learn and get better. And so I think as Perul said, you know, she's working on it, I'm working on it. Doing things like this is really important. But maybe a coach or a peer coach can also help you with this scenario. So look for those kind of, I belong to a a leadership program on my own on the weekends that I attend regularly and I've graduated that program, but I'm still part of it as a mastermind group. So I invest time on the weekends myself, one to three hours a week doing stuff like this. So to me, this is a life learning thing that we always wanna get better. If you don't, then it's just not as enjoyable for you in this field. So for me, it's really important to constantly learn. And so find a peer group, find a coach, and work through that process. And if you want some tips, just ping me as well.
6: Awesome. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate that.
0: All right. Thank you, Toby, for asking a question. Thank you, everybody, for answering them. If anybody else has a question, please raise your hand. We'd love to have you on stage. I know we had somebody who raised their hand and we lost them, but feel free to get, if you want to to ask a question or have your voice be heard, raise your hand and come on up. Before then, while we wait for that, I'm going to call on uh, Gitika. This was, again, your idea to... To talk about landing a product manager role in the current economy, and I'm curious if you have any questions for your peers. Anything that you're curious whether your experience aligns with theirs or your thinking aligns with their thinking. So, any questions for your peers here?
3: Yeah, that's a that's an interesting question. I think one of the biggest questions that I've had is how to evaluate job opportunities. And actually, the job opportunity that I'm that I actually decided to take. I actually spoke to Paro, who was on the call, right before I evaluated it. And she was just so generous with her time and helped me figure out uh, whether this is the right thing that will actually get, to, get me where, uh, to where I want to be, help me learn the things that I want to learn. So I'd love to hear from other folks on this call. How do you actually evaluate? Let's say you you know did the hard work, you got, a, got one or multiple offers. How do you know if this is the right one?
0: Excellent question, not to contextualize it or editorialize it. Vikas, you have an answer for us?
4: I will probably repeat something which I had read somewhere on LinkedIn which resonated with me, and I do think about it that way as well. When you're looking for PM jobs, things to look for, one, is it an interesting problem that you can identify with? you think it's a big enough problem? You'd love to solve that problem. That's one. Number two is, does that have a big enough time? time meaning, total addressable market, is this going to lead to a big opportunity for you know, a business opportunity? And third, do you like the manager? Do you think that you're going to work well with this particular manager? I think those three things do sum it up quite well when you're looking for a, a job in PM. And if you find those three, then go for it is what I would say, because you know it's something you like, it's going to have business opportunity and... If you have a good relationship with your manager, then life will generally be better.
2: I'm just jumping into plus one, what Vikas said, because it is so spot on. It is literally the criteria I used to take the role that I did take, the interesting large enough problem to solve and a great manager. And those were the two things that made me choose SeatGeek over some of the other opportunities I had. So spot on.
0: Anybody else? Vipin, do you have a thought on uh, how do you know if you've got the right offer? is fascinating. I shifted my
1: focus away from the the Fangs in the start. I was just getting so much attention from them. And I turned down one of the, the tier one because they wanted me to move to New York. I live in Seattle. And I think it's really important. I don't just want to like the manager that I want to work for. I want to love them. I want to just be excited to talk to them. And so that relationship is really critical. And I think all of those things that because that are important, I think that chemistry and the culture. I've been fairly new to my company and I haven't met a jerk yet. And so that says a lot. I think it's that's the kind of culture we create, everything from CEO down. And so we're not a huge company, you know, but a couple hundred people, it's important to maintain that culture and to the leadership really determines that. So when you talk to leaders, really look for those clues. Is this the kind of person you want to work with? Because if it isn't, the world's is too short. You're going to find the opportunity that you, that you want. It has to be the right cultural fit. And I hate to be kind of esoteric, but, you know, you have a reason for being somewhere. And so make sure that reason aligns with your value. Things that you value are really critical. And Universal will just mesh itself and match you with your values. And so be really attentive to those kind of feelings. And you get really excited when you meet somebody or you get really down and trying to force fit in you know, a square peg in a round hole. Don't do that. Just move on one to the next and really be thoughtful about the cultural fit.
5: I have just one other thing to add to this. I think especially in the more senior roles, the hiring and the evaluation process goes, of course, both ways and can take a few months. And I want to just press the point of take the time. So if you are in the great position of having multiple offers, but you feel like you didn't really get a good sense for the manager or for the team. Take the time to actually do, I don't know, a working session with them. Propose something that allows you to see them in action. So do your homework that way and don't let anyone rush you, especially if you have multiple options in front of you. There is the saying that, you know, the interview process is dating and, you know, once you join, it's marriage. So make sure you go on enough dates to figure out whether this is the kind of commitment you want to make To That's a really good point, Samia. I think
3: it's important to, especially if you plan on applying to multiple places, to really time it right, so that you're not, you know, really far ahead in for uh, the process of one company, while you're still talking and setting up like informal calls with other companies. So really, just timing it right, so that it kind of all aligns with each other in kind of uh, roughly in the same stage. But another thing I'd like to add, just from what I saw in the my recent job hunt, was. A lot of companies will tell you, hey, you have 24 hours to get back to us, 48 hours, one week, two weeks. A lot of times, those deadlines are just there to pre- put pressure on you. So it's very important that you push back, especially if you really need that time, and try to understand where that pressure is coming from. Like, is there another candidate? You know, whatever information you can get out of them to, you know, advocate for yourself.
4: That last piece in particular about, If you need time, but you're being pressured into making a decision in 24 hours, 48 hours, if you've made your decision, then fine, there's no need to delay it. But if you need time, you should absolutely take the time. In my experience as a hiring manager, if I found a candidate whom I really like, I would never not give that candidate enough time for them to decide and be comfortable and be excited about the role. Otherwise, you know, maybe it's it's not a great fit at all. So yeah, I would say definitely take your time and you know ask your potential uh, the hiring manager for more time.
5: All right, I have some questions, Jeff, and they're lightning round type. I'm interested to hear the perspective of all our panelists on three things. The first question is: when applying or yeah applying for products management jobs, should I go wide or should I go narrow? Should I focus on the things that match me, you know, to a large extent, or should I cast a wide net? And this is, by the way, for the benefit of people who are getting into the product management field. They're either out of college or this is their second job at most.
2: I can go on that. If you're brand new, I always lean on the side of wide because you never know till you know what truly might be a great opportunity. And if you don't spread the net wide, you wouldn't even find out. I would rather have a bunch of opportunity to then hone and say, great, these two of these 10 I reached out to, five reached back to me, and two of them are so in line with what I want to do, have that option, because it all comes down to having options. A great candidate could be out of options because they are searching too narrow or searching at the wrong time of the year, or it could be so many other factors. And I would always try to give myself, take max advantage of my ecosystem by spreading the net wide.
4: I would probably second that. That Again, it depends on where you're in your career, especially earlier on. I would probably cast my net wider and I would narrow it down like as a more senior in my product management career. Another part is that, especially for informational interviews, it, it's good to cast your net wide because as uh, Parul was saying, you don't know what you don't know. And even about a domain where you might have certain opinions, but when you actually speak to the people uh, working in that domain, it might open up your mind about certain things. I'll give my own example. Well, so for example, I wasn't particularly excited, and maybe I'm still not that excited about joining gaming companies, and I had a certain perspective of what a product management job there might entail, but when I spoke to uh, some people in that particular industry, that like uh, opened up my mind quite a bit and there were some interesting roles which i would have considered now there there were other priorities i had so i didn't go for that but i think that it's important to at least have the initial informational interview after that i do think that if you start doing a lot of pm uh, interviews it takes time it takes your time it takes uh, everyone else's time so in my opinion it's good to like start forming your big clear about what your goals are what your mission is as uh, Geetika was saying and see what kind of domains you really want to work in and focus but initially going wide might be good.
2: And one more reason to spread the net wide is to practice because there's going to be a lot of very bad interviews you give in companies that you may not be interested in before you start getting good at stuff and so while you might find something in your initial searches in my experience, my first few interviews that I do right when I, for the first time, start a search are rough. I mean, I've been a while, I've been working at a company and I've not thought through these answers in the way that I would do it if I did it the second time or a third time around. And it makes a big difference. So if especially you're new to product, I would say take all the opportunities you can get to interview and in practice.
4: Spot on.
1: Yep. I just want to second that or third that. And also, you know, be in expert or an enthusiast in a particular area and so for me it was about social commerce and commerce and so I love being close to the money I love transactional revenues and things like that I can control my own destiny when I'm part of that and so I talked to companies that were off the kilter but I just want to do it as a practice and then when this current company recruiter reached me I was like ah whatever I'll, I'll do it though I'll talk to the guy and I was presenting final case studies the day before to two different companies for leadership roles. And it was surprising to me. I just, I kept this interview, but the, the hiring manager and I got along so well, he's like, let's talk again tomorrow. And that conversation went so well. He's like, which one of these roles do you want? And so to me, you never know where your opportunity is going to come from, you know, but be focused on something that you like and care about and focus your energy around your passions because ultimately that passion is going to show up when you're applying and talking to people like, gosh, I saw this and I saw this piece and I saw this other company's doing that. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Would you want to buy them or would you want to merge with them or would you think about their tools? And so all of those things come into play and those conversations naturally just progress. So become an enthusiast in a particular area, even if you don't have an expertise in it. In my case, I'd been doing social commerce for like 10 years, but, but I'm still passionate about it. It has come in multiple different Ways and social commerce today is dramatically different than social commerce was 10 years ago. So be an enthusiast, be focused on something that you love, and then look for companies within that space. But don't say no to anybody if you're looking. Like Perul said, you know, it's a great opportunity, and don't not prepare for those companies. You just never know what you're going to get out of those companies. So prepare for every single one and give it your best foot forward, and you just never know where you're
0: going to end up. Sumeya, I know that wasn't quite lightning, but it certainly was a a valuable (laughs) round. Any last question before we do concluding thoughts?
5: No, I had three other questions, but that's okay. I think because of the time, we're good. Thank you so much for your insights, guys.
0: All right. So with that, it is time for concluding thoughts. Uh, this is your chance to either bullet point, reiterate something that you heard or said that you want to make sure nobody loses. And uh, so bullet points, takeaways, or to just express the last concluding thought that you didn't get to so far. We'll go from bottom to top. Vikas.
4: Okay. I'll say a couple of things. One, why. The roles are fewer right now because many companies are on hiring freeze or relatively they've cut down on positions they're hiring for. But those few roles that they are hiring for must be really critical ones. So from that perspective, it's a great time to get into some really critical uh, PM roles. Also, you know, with the stock market being down overall right now, if you get into a good role, it kind of you get you get a good strike price for the stock whichever company you go into so again it might be a little bit tougher to get into those roles because of the fewer roles that there are but it's a great opportunity for star performers so that's one thing another thing i would say is consider a startup who's hiring in this environment maybe i'll start with a caveat on that that First, right now, you must look, I, I think, I or I would look for a very well-funded startup because the next couple of years potentially could be very uh, a very rough funding environment. Uh, so you want to make sure that, you know, if you're considering a startup, that's a well-funded fun- one. Now, if you do hit on a startup which is well-funded and it, it's uh, an area which is interesting to you, then it might be a great time to join uh, that startup because, you know, one, startups are hungry to hire the best talent. And, you know, usually when Google and Facebook are throwing cash at candidates, it's harder for startups to hire great talent. But, you know, right right now, if they're looking, they probably have an opportunity and they have the financial, they have a funded plan to weather the current economic storm. And the startups which will come out of this solid will do great in, in a few years. So, From that perspective, it becomes a really exciting opportunity to join a startup. So think about
1: that, and don't forget the startups that have skyrocketing revenue growth as well.
4: Oh, absolutely! I said funding. I meant funding either funding through VCs or self-funding. If you are, if you're, uh, if you're revenue,
1: yeah, yeah. Because revenue could dry up as well, but chances are not if they're growing rapidly. But the key is look for both. I talked to a bunch of unicorns that had incredible revenue growth and were well funded. They had cash in the bank, and that was really important to me, that they could ride it out if the revenues did slow. And there are plenty of startups. I mean, the last wave of recession we had, things like Airbnb and the Ubers of the world really skyrocketed, right? So there's a whole wave of tech companies that came out of the last, the great recession. So be thoughtful of that for sure. And just to kind of summarize in my point, the thing that you have to maintain is your attitude and your will, because times can be tough right now, but you have to be tougher. And so just get excited every day, get a workout or whatever you need to do. If you're looking for a role and just get inspired because you're going to separate yourself from somebody, a candidate who's frustrated, just going through the motions, you'll probably get ahead of 90% of the people just by being excited and being a positive thinker. So all of those things really matter when you're in that, in that particular moment. So Things might be tough, but you can be tougher than that. Uh, just be confident and um, just be excited when you talk to someone.
0: All right, concluding thoughts from you, Geetika.
3: Yeah, I'd like to add some more like practical advice as well. You know, just specifically for those who are in the interview process. And so, regarding books, you know, I think uh, well, some great ones were mentioned before. Another one that I really found very useful was "Decode and Conquer" by Lewis Lin. And he he just writes really well. So if you get a chance and, of course, uh, following some product gurus on Twitter, like Sharia Stoshi there, it's great to just get excited about product management in general, especially if you're new. And another thing is, you know, mock interviews. We talked about that. So one tool that I found useful was stellar peers, of course there's other variations out there, but this seemed to work for me, especially I think maybe it might not work for you if you're pretty senior up. It might be hard to find candidates who are like you, but at least if you're starting out you know within five to ten years, it might be pretty simple for you to it's pretty straightforward for you to find peers that are can give you great advice so that I found really helpful for just doing mock interviews to get ready. And then let me see if was if there was another, another thing. Yeah, just ha- writing stuff down. That would be the last thing. Writing your elevator pitch down, writing, you know, sample answers to questions like using the STAR framework for behavioral questions, writing sample, you know, frameworks that you would use if someone gave you a prioritization question, an analytics question, really just practicing but also you know working smarter not harder so whatever way works for you that might be through reading or through writing or both yeah that would be
5: very helpful
0: All right. Thank you. And before we get to the last two concluding thoughts, I just want to give a shout out to Toby. Again, he is an inclusive product management accelerator. He's here on stage. And for the 37 of you listening, if you are a product manager and you want to connect with somebody who is motivated, driven, committed to inclusion, community oriented, and lifting as he climbs, I encourage you to click on Toby's profile there, connect with him on LinkedIn and support him along in his journey. If you want to pass along some of your knowledge to somebody who is aggressively pursuing a better future for all of us your time and investment will be well spent so click on that profile connect with him and offer to to share some of your wisdom again if you're a product manager highly encourage you to do that parool what are your concluding thoughts
2: so a few things that add a little more a one point to the things that vikas and Vipin etc have said like so vikas you mentioned getting a sense of the financials if you want to know what the financials are for a startup asked to talk to someone in finance. I spent an hour with the CFO before considering accepting the offer and really got into the details of what does that look like? What is current revenue? What does the projections look like? How much we can expect? So that's a way to find out with regards to attitude, which is something that we been mentioned. That's so key. I have personally walked into an interview while like virtual interview, while looking at my phone, where I've gotten a rejection for the role that I really, really wanted. And I'm supposed to be getting on a call. And it's so hard at that point to come back with the vigor and energy and the positivity that you need. But that's just sadly the name of the game, because all of these rejections kind of lead to you learning and getting better. So I've done that. You do that too, (laughs) I guess, because every interview is a new chance to reset where you are at and who you are at. So that's one. And another piece that I was going to say is I have benefited from this tremendously. Every company that I have gotten any feedback from, like saying it's a no or it's a yes, I have spent time with them asking in many nice ways for the reason for rejection. Now, the bigger the company, the less likely you will get a reason because it's part of company policy. But I have had the benefit of a very kind recruiter spending 45 minutes with me, giving me detailed feedback on how I did in eight sessions. Now, that is not common. But the point is, if you don't ask and if you don't frame it as just want to learn, just want to get better, you get that. And that is priceless. It's better than any mock interview because it was the real thing. And you can hear that. Next thing, stellar peers. I have never done a mock interview and that is not a thing of pride, but I have attended as observer. So that observer mode is super helpful for when you just want to watch how people are answering different questions and you can choose the seniority of people. You want to be an observer, you have to ask for permission. But that's my hack on how I've done Stella Pierce. Other hacks, because this is what this is, this is a hack list. Cheat sheets. I'm sure a lot of you do them. I have a document. I mean, it's a virtual world. Use it to your advantage. I have a monitor on which I have a cheat sheet of my thoughts for all of the key things that I know product interviews are looking for. Now, it's very rare that I ever actually go through that doc. But having that doc and having taken the time to put my thoughts into that doc gives me the confidence that if someone asks me that, I don't need to go to that blog, but if it did, it's there. So that helps me from that perspective. Another hack, research your interviewers. So that's beyond the company. I have had interviews where which have gone very well simply because I took the time to research the interviewer, looked at their podcasts, watched what they had written, understood their thought process. And when they asked me a question, I could almost say, I know exactly what he wants to hear. Now, usually it's something that you absolutely need to be aligned with and not a fake uh, response based on just what you think the person needs to hear, but you at least know how to structure it and what they might be looking at. So those are my hacks for the day. In summary, I call it as three Ps because product is full of acronyms, persistence, patience, and practice, and don't take the nose too hard. It takes time to land a role that's a great fit for you and the company. And it's a journey, but it'll it, you'll come out strong the other way. That's all. <laughs>
0: All right. I love the uh, great examples we've gotten here, the tangible frameworks, an easy way to remember some great tips. Sumeya, do you have time to round us out with just the last concluding thought here?
5: I wrote down a couple of these tips. They were amazing. Thank you all for for spending time and being so thoughtful in your answers. The only point I'm going to add is something one of my friends who's hiring for a number of roles in a Fortune 500 company was complaining about yesterday is that he's not getting enough applications or enough applications of the right kind of candidates or the candidates that would fit the job. And so there is an element of speed here. I think a lot of people rely on checking LinkedIn or some of those uh, job sites. But if you have a list of companies you're interested in, go on their websites and posting jobs on multiple sites is not something that all companies do very quickly for all jobs. So you might get a leg up, by just going directly to their career site. That's it. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you, all the panelists. I just want to conclude with the current economy could be a little bit unsettling, especially seeing all of the, the layoffs and the transitions and people posting that they're looking. But you know, fortune favors the brave and those who are resilient, persistent, and dedicated. And I really appreciate all of the tips from our panelists today. And I hope All of you stay encouraged uh, to not give up, but uh, settle in as to who you are, what you know that you could achieve, uh, what you want a business, what kind of products you want to work on, and then fight for it. And again, invest in other people, invest in yourself, and hopefully you will be on stage here sharing your insights about the new role that that you land. So stay with it. Uh, Thank you for listening here to the How to Succeed on Product Management podcast. If you enjoyed today's conversation, you can like and subscribe to the podcast on every major podcasting app. Again, it's uh, distributed as the How to Succeed in Product Management podcast. This will be out next Wednesday, and we'll have another conversation every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time here on LinkedIn for the foreseeable future. So thanks again, panelists, and everyone, have a great night.